0: Turn your Bible to Hosea chapter 12. We'll be looking at various passages in this minor prophet, mostly chapter 14. In chapter 14, verse 1, the first word is return. A powerful word, don't you think? Come back. Let's have fellowship again. I miss you. Your absence is so strong that it's felt. In Guidepost magazine several years ago, an article was entitled, How to Welcome Home a Prodigal. The article shared the story of Barbara Hamlin and her daughter Dawn. Excitement and relief and eagerness were the feelings that Ms. Hamlin had when she first received the phone call from her daughter Dawn saying she wanted to come home. She wanted her place again in the family. She wanted to return. All the times before that Barbara had read the Gospel of Luke and the story of the prodigal child, she had always identified with the child, the one turning home, a wayward child, to a forgiving father. But now, she found herself having to play the role of the forgiving parent, forgetting about old fights and sleepless nights, resentment toward Dawn for all the pain she caused the family. As the article proceeds, Barbara Hamlin gives first-hand pointers on how to be the forgiver and to receive others with open arms even people who have left you cold and undone and wandering inside. What Barbara Hamlin discovered, it's not easy to be be the forgiving parent in a prodigal relationship. But God this morning in Hosea remains a supreme example of a forgiving father as he calls his people to return. Calls Israel, Ephraim, to return back to her God. The first word in the text this morning is return. Now, Hosea is what we call a minor prophet. He's not called minor because he's not important. He's called minor because of the length of his book compared to other works like Isaiah or Jeremiah. But he's major in, for sure in his meaning. He's preaching to the Northern Kingdom, those 10 tribes. as the 8th century BC. And because of Israel's disobedience, Assyria is knocking at the door, sure to take over to topple the city. In fact, some of the Samarians were taken away from Israel and deported from their homeland. This is probably the time of the king Hosea, the final ruler of Israel. For he was playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette, making allegiance with Egypt on the one hand, and then Assyria on the other, and hoping that each did not find out about the other allegiance. Well, look at Hosea 12.1. Ephraim, another word for Israel. Ephraim feeds on wind and pursues the east wind continually. He multiplies lies and violence. Moreover, he makes a covenant with Assyria and all is carried to Egypt. The actual year of the fall was 722 BC. And part of the problem with the northern kingdoms was their acceptance of the Canaanite culture and the religious idols of worshiping Baal. And God was angry because his people had worshipped other gods and not remained faithful to the covenant love they had with the God of Israel. They had not loved God with all of their heart. So right before the fall, maybe even during the toppling of the city, Hosea gives us last word, the call to return. We'll turn to chapter 14. Let's look at verses one through three. Chapter 14, one through three. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously that we may present the fruit of our lips. Assyria will not save us and we will not ride on horses Nor will we say again, our God, to the work of our hands. For in you the orphan finds mercy. The first thing we see this morning is this. God calls us to return by bringing before him a prayer of repentance. God calls us to return by bringing before him a prayer of repentance. In these first three verses of Hosea 14, we have a model prayer of repentance to return to our God. There are a lot of us this morning, some watching by television, some live streaming, some in this great sanctuary who need to find our way back home to our God. And maybe if we follow Hosea's pathway, we too will find our return back home. The call for each of us this morning is to begin with ourselves, for nothing can happen through us that is not happening within us. If we as a church are to lead others to a right relationship with God, we ourselves must also come before God with repentant, confessing hearts. So the call this morning is for each of us to focus on himself or herself. And then, and only then, as we've made our own confession to return back to God, can we take others by the hand and journey with them to the grace of the Lord. This is a model prayer. It comes right during the siege of Samaria by the Assyrians. Well, it is a prayer of repentance. But first of all, within this prayer, the first step of repentance is to accept responsibility ourselves for departing from God. We must accept responsibility for departing from God. The first thing he tells us is in verse 1. You have stumbled because of your iniquity. The call is to return. But we must accept the responsibility that we ourselves have stumbled and we have sinned. God's repeated overtures love and guidance and blessing to Israel, were constantly denied or ignored or rebuffed, they had said no to God in God's way, and they had said yes to themselves. Sometimes we think we're pretty good at life, doing things our way instead of God's way. Until a crisis causes us to crumble. Until a crisis causes us to crumble. And then we are brought face to face with the person we have become without confession and repentance. And we stumble because we have wandered away from a loving, trusting relationship with God. I've told you before about the old man, the old woman who were driving. They'd been married 60 years. They came up to a red light. In front of them was a very young couple and they were sitting very, very close in the car in front. Kind of looked like a two-headed person, you know. Their shoulders were overlapped and you couldn't tell where his shoulder stopped and her started and, well, they were just sitting basically on top of each other. The old woman was over in. passenger seat and she looked at her husband of 60 years and said look at that isn't that sweet do you remember when we used to sit that close kind of scolding him just a bit do you remember when we were like that the old man had all of his wit and wisdom he sat there for a moment in silence and he said oh yes i remember honey but guess who moved (laughs) He was in the driver's seat 60 years ago, and he was still in the driver's seat. She had scooted over on the bench seat and abandoned him. When you find yourselves with space between you and the Almighty, guess who moved? There's a a B to this prayer of repentance. It's a call for honest confession. We have to take responsibility first, and then there's a call to honest confession. Look at verse two. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Have you ever met that person who just can't say, I'm sorry, they just can't do it. They can't apologize. There's something about her, there's something about him, and well, they're not capable of making a confession, an honest confession or an apology. I was talking to someone one time, they were describing someone like this and said, you know, she sort of disappeared for a couple of weeks and now she's come right back and act like nothing happened and I just have to tell myself that's her way of apologizing. She can't say, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. She just went silent. And they came right back and acted like there was never a skip in the relationship. That might work with your lover, your mom, your dad, or your children. But it will not work with God. Hosea says, take words, look at verse 2, take words with you and return to the Lord. Take words with you. God didn't want their sacrifices. God didn't want their formal rites, nor their rituals. He wanted words that exposed their true condition before the Lord. They'd already tried all the other things back in Hosea 5, 6. They shall go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, but they will not find him. He didn't want more sacrifices. He wanted them to come and say, we have sinned. We are wrong. Take words. You cannot hide from God what we have hidden from others or ourselves. We must verbally express to the Father who we are and what we've done. And those words prepare us for the encounter of His grace. What were their words to contain? What were they supposed to say? Here's your model. Look at verse two of chapter 14. Take all the iniquity and receive us graciously that we may present the fruit of our lips. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses, nor will we say again, Our God, For the work, to the work of our hands, for in you the orphan finds mercy. What are we supposed to say? We approach God with a repentant heart. Take away our sin and receive us graciously. The end of verse 2. One writer puts it this way, Receive us, O good one. We're being honest about our sin before you, God, because we believe that you are a gracious, a loving, and a forgiving God. We confess our sin openly. You know, we really won't confess our sin until we are convinced that God is a gracious, forgiving God. Maybe that's why people feel like they can't apologize to us. Maybe they're afraid that we won't be gracious and kind to them. Look what he says. We will offer sacrifices with our lips. You have nothing this morning to give God except your stuttering confession of your inadequacy and your sin. The confession of a broken heart. You have no other chip to play before the Almighty. You can't barter with God with your good works. But as the psalmist David has declared, God will not despise a broken and contrite heart. Paul puts it this way in Romans, If we confess with our mouth Jesus the Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. Here's a seed to this prayer of confession. Nothing else will do but God and God alone. Nothing else will do but God and God alone. Look at verse 3. Assyria, we had an alignment with Assyria, but Assyria can't save us. Riding on our own war horses won't save us again. The gods we have crafted with our hands have no ability to save us for We are orphans now and only in God, the God of Israel, does the orphan find mercy. Who or what has the potential this morning of being your false God? What in your life are you drawn to for a false sense of security? an assurance that God himself and only God should be providing. The only way to come back to God and get rid of the other things like ancient Israel is to come with your lips, making a sacrifice of confession with your words. And all the false gods, the Assyrians and the war horses and the handmade accomplishments will not do. We must present the confession, the fruit of our lips, verse 2. For, Hosea says, only God is good to the orphan, and God lets us return home. It's February 1985. Mary Lou Smith had felt an empty spot in her heart, so she wrote to the Children's Center in Louisville, Kentucky, where she had been born, asking if they had any information at all about her siblings. She heard she'd had some brothers. She'd been separated from her family as a two-year-old. She'd been put up for adoption. She didn't really expect an answer at all, but in two weeks' time, she received an excited phone call from a lady named lydia roberts who said your brother mickey has been looking for you for 22 years he has put ads in the newspaper he's run even television commercials he has been calling for you to return home the call was he's used lawyers he's done everything he can mary lou smith discovered that all this time, her brother had tried every kind of search to find her. Upon meeting her brother Mickey, she concluded that meeting this cheerful bearded man somehow returned a missing piece of myself and their relationship grew in the months ahead. Just so, God is looking for us this morning and today, he advertises, he sends his word through the prophet Hosea. And God calls us to return. And just as Mickey had done all he could do to restore that broken relationship with his long-gone sister, God has done all that God can do to call you home. That we know the New Testament, don't we? That all this points to the fact that God comes in the form of his son and he dies on the cross for your sin and my sin. God has done everything God can do to call you home. Well, if you're willing to come home, he has a promise for you. God calls you to return by promising that he stands waiting to heal a broken relationship. God promises that he stands waiting to heal a broken relationship. Look at verse 4 through 8. I will hear, heal their apostasy. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from them. I will be like dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily. He will take root like the cedars of Lebanon. And the shoots will sprout. And his beauty will be like that of the olive tree. And his fragrance like the cedars of Lebanon. Those who live in his shadow will again, ra- will again raise grain. And they will blossom like the vine. His renown will be like the wine of Lebanon. O oh, Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like a luxuriant cypress. For me comes your fruit. First thing he says here is he will heal their apostasy. is a word for waywardness. You have been wayward, Israel, and I will heal your waywardness. The next thing he says, verse 1, I will love you freely. If you come confessing, if you come with a fruit of lips of sacrifice, I will love you freely. It's the same word used for love in Deuteronomy 4, 37. Because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them, and he personally brought you from Egypt by his great power. Verse 4. His anger will be turned away from them. Yahweh's anger is appeased by Yahweh's grace, and ultimately know that that anger is appeased by the death of Christ on the cross and a holy and righteous God who could not overlook our sin. Rather, he came in the form of his son and put our own sin upon his own back. My anger, he says, has turned away from you, he declares. Paul puts it this way in Romans 3, as a gift by his grace to the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed perfectly displayed publicly as a payment for our sins in His blood through faith. God had passed over the sins of the past because of this day, this Christ sacrifice, Paul says, and God's wrath is satisfied through the spilt blood of His Son. God loves you. His holiness has been met in Christ. And what's the result of that love and healing, verse five? It's all agricultural imagery. He'll be like the dew, the moisture that rolls off the Mediterranean and soothes the vegetation. Be like a lily, he says, verse five. This plant restoration goes all the way to the roots. It will be lengthened like the cedars of Lebanon, like the olive tree that, that blooms. Put all together, it's a beautiful picture of God's grace to us. They will dwell in the shadow of God's protection. No more idols, verse eight. They will be God's forgiven people. Years ago, there was an article in the US Catholic by Frank Wessling entitled, Why I Don't Go to Confession. In fact, he discovered that now the lines at confession are not very long anymore. He said that he found it difficult to discuss his intimate problems with a stranger who he thought would lose respect for him if he told how sin-stained his soul really was. Westling writes, I tolerated the confession passed on by the old Irish monks as long as I was a child. I endured it for a while as an adult. I do not any longer because I seem to need something better. To Frank Wessling, to ancient Israel, to you and to me, God says, come, confess with your lips, I will love you, I will forgive you, my wrath will be abated, but come and declare, Your confession God waits for the fruit of our lips finally God reminds us in verse 9 reminds us to return because his ways are right that verse which Corey read for us whoever is wise let him discern these things whoever is discerning let him know them for the ways of the Lord are right and the righteous walk in them but the transgressors, they stumble in them. What about you today? We know Solomon's story, so wise, maybe the wisest of all, and yet in the end, as reported in, in 1 Kings, Solomon did evil inside the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as his, did his father David. Solomon, all of his wisdom, thinking he had it right, he missed the wisdom of God. Verse 9, the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous will walk in them. This morning, we don't really have any idea how ancient Israel responded. The Assyrians have surrounded Samaria. The capital is about to topple is right at the moment of the siege, or maybe even during or right after, and we don't know how individual Israelites responded. But God loved them enough to say, come to me. It's a call of God for those of us who have wandered away, return to me. Come to me with confession on your lips. The only sacrifice I want is the honesty of your sin before me. Return to me. Did they return? Did they repent? Did they confess? That was millennia ago. But God's word is just as true today as it was in the day of Israel. Maybe God's calling you today. Maybe you've been that person who couldn't make the apology to your friends and family, but you need to make an apology to God. I'm a sinner. I'm wrong. I've left the faith of my Father. I have gone my own way. And today, like the prodigal, I return. Maybe you're here this morning or watching a way of television and you've never made that confession. You've never gone before God and said, I am wayward and I am wrong and I have followed my own way rather than your way. And today is your day to say, Jesus is Lord. Christ died for me. He rose from the dead. And whatever you've done Whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. God loves you and wants to give you all grace and forgiveness and mercy. How will you respond? Let us pray. Oh God, you're so gracious and loving and forgiving. And I know there are those who are listening to my voice who need to come before God and say, I'm a a sinner and I need a savior. I will not hide, I will not downplay, I will not deny my deceitfulness. God, I come confessing. I thank you for your love, your grace and your forgiveness. Some of you this morning saying, oh God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and I invite Christ in my heart as my Lord. You can do it right now. He's calling you. Will you return? Will you return to the God of your faith? Amen. Amen.